schedule you see star wars podcast star wars podcast star wars podcast at the bottom of the list for friday you see mighty marvel geeks and you think it's like sesame street one of these things is not like the other and uh well that's because they love us so we're here because we all like the greatest lucasfilm franchise ever right yes right we all enjoy it we've all seen it many times Whoa, many times. Uh, many, many times. Oh, yeah. are, are we sure we're talking about the same movie? Woo! Yeah. How about see the movie I'm talking about? Okay. Maybe we're talking about Star Wars instead. <laughs> yeah. <it. laughs> but you know, a lot of people don't re- forget. Howard the Duck was a Lucasfilm movie. And the first Marvel movie to be made out there. So, um, so yeah, we're here to talk about Star Wars, talk about Celebration itself, talk about Marvel's relationship with Star Wars. Which goes back further than some people may think. Um, so, yeah. well, since we're talking about Star Wars... Uh, How about that trailer, huh? Oh, the trailer is awesome. Yeah, but you know what? It's time for some Marvel Geek Feud. Now, if you listen to our podcast, um, this has been kind of a recent thing. He, I don't, he still hasn't told me how he's found this, but he actually found a list of Family Feud questions that are Marvel centric. And so, or just about every episode, excuse me, issue, because we have issues, uh, we do a round of Marvel Feud in which he will read off the questions, and Kylan and I, and, and appearing this week in place of, of Kylan is Mac, is our runner, is our, uh, is our contributing runner, or as we call him, the agent in training. So, we have... Well, let's, let's set this up a little bit further. Okay. Okay. We're going to take the, question, the answers from y'all. And if you get it right, we give you stuff. <laughs> yes, we don't, you don't just get the, you know, the clap and see it on the board. 
We have, of course, as is our way, Marvel comic books, and most of them are autographed by Joe Carmagna, the letterer. And let's see, you've got... Uh, and whoever gets the number one answer, because with this question, there will be six answers on the board. Whoever gets number one gets this T-shirt, courtesy of our affiliate, Ripped Apparel. Here, so, here we got to show it to the, to the folks watching live. So See? the question Unfortunately, is, you on the show, on the, uh, watching it on Facebook, you can't get it. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, six answers on the board, and we are equipped with... <laughs> so wait, we're going to do, do it right. <laughs> uh, I will say raise a hand, first hand I'll see. Six answers on the board. Name something you see in every Star Wars movie. A blaster. Mm. Hi, you sir. Troy. <laughs> nope. Hi, mm. okay. Starships. Winner. Hi. Okay. Run to the man. <laughs> so that's one. Five hands on the board. Yes, I heard. Lightsaber. Number two answer. So we have number three and number two. Yes, sir, in the back. You had a Droids. Be more specific, please. Choose one. Winner. Number four answer on the board. Number five answer on the board. Still two answers left on the board. The Imperial. No. You're What did say? Okay, who's had, who had C3PO? Yes, sir, in the back. A Skywalker. I'll give it to you. Number one answer. Anakin Skywalker, also known as Darth Vader. Is that yeah, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. He is young Anakin Skywalker in Phantom Menace, then regular Anakin in... Whiny Anakin. Oh, I'm thinking of Awakens. Awakens? Yes, his presence in his home. Well, I'm sure at the time this... Okay, guy in the blue shirt gets a t-shirt. There's still one more answer left. Uh, Leia? Actually, I was going to say it will be. Leia? Think about the next movie coming out. The last blank. <laughs> I feel like we should just like be like Oprah. You get a book. You get a book. Everybody gets a book. Everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry, wrong Alright. Everyone gets a book. So, um, <laughs> we were at the, writer, we were at the uh, Lucasfilm Publishing Writers Panel earlier, and of course, uh, one, of the write, one of the writers they had on the panel was Charles Soleil, uh, writer of Poe Dameron. He wrote Lando. Um, Obi-Wan and Anakin. 
he's getting ready to do the new Darth Vader book coming out, uh, which is the volume, volume two, volume two. And we kind of got a little insight that Vader is going to be previewed a little bit at the Marvel panels tomorrow, uh, Saturday the 15th. Yeah. And their panel is from 4 to 5 tomorrow, I believe, the behind-the-scenes stage. Is this the uh, Vader with the, the legacy, the, the storyline for his lightsaber? Yes, yes. As Charles so late put it, it's Vader year one. Fresh off the slab, yes. right into it. I love the way you say it, you know, fresh off the slab. And yes. <laughs> yes. When did it plan to release the first issue? Uh, I believe the first issue comes out within the next couple months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not. I don't have that information on me directly. I know we've talked about it on previous episodes or issues. Issues we have yeah, issues. issues. Um, but but the other the other cool thing is with the new journey to the last Jedi. the last Jedi, just like Journey to the Force. They introduced that there's going to be a Captain Phasma five issue mini. Yes. yes. How yes. awesome is that? Yes. Phasma, her own book. What will we see? Who knows? It's we'll going to be awesome. Anyway. That's what we'll see. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they, we we talked to uh, Jordan White, the editor for all the Star Wars titles, at length yesterday, and we yep. couldn't. We still couldn't get very many details out of him. Uh, so it's they're all really excited about it and you could tell uh, did, did anybody sit in on the viewers uh, the uh, the writers roundtable this afternoon you did okay all right did did it not just seem as especially with uh, with Charles like they're just they're just like really excited to be part of it to be writing uh, or as somebody said, you know, take the keys of of a vehicle that millions of people are invested in and sure. take it out for us. <clears throat> it, it's just these they, they get it, and this is the one thing that I've noticed about the, the uh, just about everybody involved with the the Star Wars comics with Marvel. They get it. They love it. They they're like us. We 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 all grew up on it, and we we all love it with. With the unbridled fury of a thousand suns, or something like that. <laughs> yes, sir. Is there, uh, did it seem like they were going to be going back, like prequel telling their backstory, or did they hint where it's like when she makes her armor out of the ship, all that stuff? They they said the whole thing with the journey to Star Wars, be it the actual books or novels, and even the comic, is all hush hush. Yeah. So, I mean, so there were very few details out, even even when they were talking about it, they couldn't talk much no, about it. All they said they could do is just show us covers. Yeah. But the cover for Phasma is it was gorgeous. Um, we will have it up on the Mighty Marvel Geek site, because uh, I did get pictures of the covers. And mask on. Put up mask on. Mask on. But full, full shining armor. I believe she was running slightly, like an action pose. It was, it was a gorgeous cover. Yeah. Um, we know nothing of who who the writing or who the creative team is yet. Maybe they might make the announcement at the Marvel panel. Um, we can hope. We can hope. We, we, we fingers crossed. We, we, we will be we will be there front and center. So um, 
So yeah, let's yeah. talk a little bit of Marvel's past. Let's like, let's talk about it. Let's yes. go back 1977. 1977. Um, I, I I I want to share this story with y'all. Uh, uh, while you're doing that, Jarvis, can you uh, can you please pull up our our show notes about Marvel's history? <laughs> Jarvis, Jarvis, I, I understand we're at celebration, but uh, we need you in regular mode, please. So could you pull those up? For you, sir. That's better. There we go. Thank okay. You. Uh, back 1977, I was eight years old when the when the movie came out. I was six. There you go. <laughs> but, I mean, my, my parents took me to it, and I still to this day have uh, images of my, of, of my dad telling other people about it. My grandmother's swivel rocking chair, like doing the turrets. Like, <laughs> it's like the goofiest I'd ever seen my dad. And I love that memory. I will cherish it to the day I die. But uh, back growing up, the, um, the local library would be right next to the local pool hall. That, that's a juxtaposition for you. So when I was having to spend summers with my dad at, at, at his shop, you know, we'd go for lunch. He would go into the pool hall. I would go into the library. And the library had an oversized, hardbound edition of the first six Marvel comics, the adaptation of A New Hope. It was, the, it was glorious when you're a kid of eight years old. I mean, the book is... It, it, it's like almost like double size of a regular uh, of a regular comic book, and it's almost like the the actual side of the art boards, which would be eleven by seventeen. And I couldn't tell you; I, I lost count of how many times I uh, would, would sit there in the library reading it or checking it out, taking it home. And I actually wanted to uh, to bring it back down here with me to try to check it out one more one last time but unfortunately after 40 years it got taken out of their catalog so unfortunately but it was the first look that you ever had of the actual job of the hut i mean this was this was before uh it, you know the return of the jedi came out and we had the big gangster slug he actually looked almost like a humanoid walrus a you uh, kind of like uh, yellowish skin and and the big almost, almost like a, a mix between a walrus and a rabbit. Kind of elongated face like a rabbit, but yeah. kind of walrus shaped. Well, the, the other cool thing about it was, too, the movie came out in May. The books came out, the first book came out like March or April. So you had first two books before the movie even came out. So, I mean, for me, it's because, like, I want to see this movie. And I'm showing my dad, dad, I want to see this movie. And of course, you know, the movie comes out, and you go back, oh, I kind of know about this part because I've already read it, but there's stuff missing. And, but the movie still engrossed, I mean, for me, it engrossed me. The books helped continue. And then when the comics continued, like, oh, the movie's over. There's still more. And of course, yeah. uh, issue five, issue six, Yeah, we got... Um, issue five and six were... Well, well we one got Jackson... Six. Do we really want to talk about yes, that? We yes, we got to talk about that Jackson. green rabbit. You have to talk about Jackson. He is like the most infamous character. And they actually did a variant with the uh, the Star Wars. When the new, when the new, when, when Star Wars came back to Marvel, one of the 70-something variant covers for issue number one. 70? How many people? How many people got issue number one when Star Wars came back to Marvel? How many variant covers did you get when you got I, on that 
sticker. I think I have four, including the one you guys are about to wear. The party cover is great. You see Jackson, hey guys, I'm here. And or I hear you breathing, and everyone's leaning up against the door except for Vader. And they're shushing Vader because, you know, he can hear him breathing. So. Uh, but, and the thing <laughs> is, the thing is, that's also special in the fact that Marvel was not in a good financial situation at ni- in 1977. As a matter of fact, uh, it was the Star Wars comic that saved them from bankruptcy. I mean, if it wasn't, if, if it wasn't, um, as a matter of fact, it... It almost didn't get published at all because uh, apparently I think it was Stan Lee didn't really want to do it at first. No, no, no. It took somebody. It took, uh, it took the guy who wanted to edit it, and this was it was kind of like what it was in the in the writers' roundtable today. It's like you know you had writers pitching ideas. You know, <coughs> Young Akbar. <Bart. coughs> um, well, Stan Lee. One of Stan Lee's biggest things was he wanted to make sure the the movie project was completed. And was out before he even considered it. Yeah. So when it was completed, I guess they moved it a little, moved it up some, a little early. So I mean, it's cool. You know, so get the the first history. So with Marvel, it's Lee negotiated actually the publishing rights. Uh, and. And this is, I think, and originally the agreement was no royalties at all to Lucasfilm. No, it had to. It had, they had to sell a certain number for Lucas to get royalties. And that and that magic number was a hundred thousand. Well, we're talking nineteen seventy-seven. You know, pre-internet. <laughs> you know, all word of mouth. You know, we're talking about a movie who wasn't supposed to last in the theater for two weeks. Ended up what a year and a half. Um, yeah. A movie that everyone's going, uh, this is never going to fly, it's not going to make it through production, almost didn't a couple times. Um, but yeah, but knowing the way, you know, obviously Lucas did something and I guess agreed to it, knowing it was going to go. Yeah. Because, you know, Lucas isn't going to take those risks unless, unless he's going to get his money. And with Lucas, money talks. Yeah. We know that. That's why you're here. So that, that's why we're paying what 125, 250 dollars to get somebody's autograph. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and considering it a bargain. So issues one through six was the movie adaptation, um, and I think one of the first movie adaptations Marvel had done or had been done by a comic. Yeah. Um, now, and, and just to give you an idea, one through six was A New Hope, but Empire Strikes Back didn't start the, the adaptation until, like, issue 39. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like, what, almost three years' worth. Yeah, 39 to 44 was Empire Strikes Back. And, and, and during that time, you know, we got another great character, one of your favorites, Crimson Jack. Yes, Crimson Jack and his henchman, Joey. Yeah. Um, and when we actually had Jason Aaron as one of our guests on Mighty Marvel Geeks, uh, it was right after the Star Wars title started publishing. And we asked him, you know, we, we pointed back to Lucasfilm's statement about starting a new timeline, the, the, the infamous new canon announcement. And they also said, of course, you know, 
creators are are free to bring in elements from the old expanded universe. We asked him, you know, how free he was to do that. He said, we can bring in anybody, but we have to get uh, the story group's approval. So basically, even from from the very start, and I think this was great on Lucasfilm's part, to like, okay, we're, we're going to start a new canon, but from the get-go, we're not going to have A canon, B canon, C canon, S canon, whatever. We're not going to have 37 levels of canonosity. We are just going to have one canon, and we're going to put everything, we're going to filter everything through the story group. One and done. One and done. Well, the, the nice thing with that is, uh, coming out of the Vader title, we now have Dr. Afra. Anyone read Dr. Afra? Dr. Afra. Hallmark. Okay. Read Dr. Afra. Go down to Tate's Comics on the <laughs> exhibit floor and get the Dr. Afra book. If they have Dr. Afra number one, get Can it. Can that just get extended? Is it expanded how much they're going to do with that? Um, it, it's only been around maybe just eight a few issues. Yeah, just a few Six. issues. It might go 12 issues. It could, well, knowing the popularity of the character, it might be continuing. Uh, and Vader ran 25 issues. Marvel didn't cancel it. Ken Gillian said, 25, done. I've told my story. Yeah. That sentence. You know, I told my story with after 25. I'm done. Now when they, they greenlit Dr. Afra, and now they're telling her story. So who knows how, how long they're going with it. Now, Dr. Afra, for, for those of you who don't know, uh, imagine a female... Indiana Jones in space, but with fewer scruples. I mean, she is she is a uh, she she's an extraterrestrial archaeologist with a uh, with a focus on old model droids, and she has two droids with her. And I, I tell you, reading Doctor Afra is enough it, just for triple zero. Oh, triple zero. An evil 3PO with a sadistic streak. I, I, I saw, I saw, I was actually I was like wondering about those when I saw At Kodo? Yes. Yeah. Kodo USA, the first group, well, Kodo Bayuka is the first group to do BT, BT1, which is the Astromech, and Triple Zero as a collectible. Oh, yeah. And, and they're, they're probably the best company to do that. Uh, I, I think it's awesome that the characters are getting loved. Hopefully Hasbro, since they're now, these characters are now canon, mm-hmm. hopefully Hasbro brings the three to life in the action figure form. Uh, if they do, Hasbro, if you're listening, you got someone who's going to buy them right now. <laughs> um, yeah. If, if Hasbro came out and said, Commission uh, exclusive, yeah, here's my money. Yeah. Sorry, honey. Uh, I, I, I know... No. Sorry, Melissa, but yeah, they would get my money. Um, nice that you're apologizing to the wife over Facebook Live. Uh, she's watching right now. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but it, it's she's go ahead. Marvel, Star Wars. I mean, the, the Dark Horse realm was good. The uh, Palladium realm was was awesome. Um, Marvel, they've, they've come home. Now that yeah. everything's under the same umbrella, it's yes. nice to have everything at home. And this is not a knock on Dark Horse in no way, shape, or form. Oh, they have some great stuff. They, 
they did a very good job of taking care of this franchise. I, mean, I, I still, one of my favorite Dark Horse issues is, uh, well, outside the Heir to the Empire not, uh, graphic novel version, where they, where they go through right. the, the Thrawn trilogy. Right. Uh, I love that. But my favorite outside of this is a Boba Fett, uh, Boba Fett one-shot, When the Fat Lady Swings. Yeah. Well, one of my favorites was, it was a free comic book day story, and it's called Meet the Maker. And it's, see, it's the whole scene after um, C-3PO is blown apart on Cloud City, and Vader picks him up, and he picks up the head, and he's ripped, and the cover is Vader, like this, holding C-3PO's head. And it just flashbacks to the, to when he created him. I remember seeing something about that. And, and just that whole story, it, it's, it's a beautiful story. It was well done. Um, but Marvel, I mean, they've got some, some great stories as well. I mean, it, it, it was one of our year-end awards we have called the non-awards. You know, the old Marvel books, you had the no prize at the end of the book. Uh, no prize is great. When they sent you a no prize, it was just a letter. It was just an envelope that said no prize on it. Uh, we give out what's called the non-award. And our first year of the non-awards, this title, right here, Vader Down, this miniseries won best mini in the Marvel books. And it's such a great storyline. I mean, when they took Star Wars and Vader and interwove them during the first four or five issues, it was such a beautiful story. Um, the first five issues of Kanan was a gorgeous story where we get the backstory of how he went from, you know, being the Padawan under his original name and slowly becoming Kanan. Yeah. So, do you think the Marvels starting to become more like like a filler type of now stories instead of having them to create their own stories? Because I I've seen a pattern where they're going, to, they're filling in gaps where you know people have questions, like. Uh, I think so. I mean, we, we get that a little bit with Kanan, yeah. uh, with the Kanan series. Originally, it was supposed to be a five-issue run. It became a 12-issue run. And it filled in a lot of gaps. Like, how did he become Kanan? Uh, you know, we see... You know, it, it starts off with the battle that where his Jedi Master gets killed. And and he and he's told to run. And, of course, when the... You know, then the now the Empire is hunting him down. Now, when he gets captured, then they go, we know what you did. You're not a true Jedi because you ran. Well, he was following directions. He's try, trying to survive. And then he, he works with someone else, becomes the smuggler that he becomes, changes his name to Cain and Jairus, and, and we have what we have today. And, and that's a great story. That, that whole Kanan run was, was great to get that backstory. Uh, sort of like the Lando run, who was written by Charles Soleil, who's here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's now canon. Mm-hmm. That story of how he and Lobot came together, how they took over Cloud City or started on Cloud City. That, that's all canon now. Um, so are the Marvel books helping with the novels? As, yeah. as they say in Marvel with the MCU, it's all connected. Yeah. It's all connected in, in Star Wars as well. 
I think it's filling both roles. Would you like yes. to see um, at once they reveal who Snoke is, how Snoke became Snoke, and the comic books? I think that would be a great idea. Yeah. If they don't address it in the movie, uh-huh. I would love to, to possibly see it. I don't think we're going to get that till maybe the third film. Or we get that until after this trilogy's over. Yeah. Personally. And I guess the question comes down to when would we want to see it? Me personally, I want to wait till the trilogy's over. Then let's go back and fill, start filling in the gaps up. Yeah. Uh, let's leave some of the, the, the sequel trilogy characters. Uh, let's leave some of the backstory. Um, a little bit of a, a secret or just a mystery until until after the, the trilogy's yeah. over. Yeah. Then let's go back and explore. Yeah. But I also like the fact that not only they are filling in gaps, answering questions along the way, but they're also bringing in new storylines. They're bringing in like uh, you know Han Solo's ex-wife. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Off the Who are you? <laughs> His wife. Say what? <laughs> yeah. That and, of course, Dr. Afro. Um, other characters that, uh, like they said, they're, they're making their own contributions, the writers and the artists, to, uh, right. to, to this canon. Well, we, we heard in the writer's panel, um, her name Beth? Was it Beth Rivas? Uh, might be. Can't she talked about sure. how she wanted to put Afra into the, the novel she yeah. did about Jen Erso leading up to Rogue One um, story group wouldn't let her because they felt it was too early in Afra's life to be involved in that yeah like okay so now maybe there's some plans for Afra in the standalone film maybe a little later that could be awesome uh, okay. I, I would love to see the droids in the background somewhere in a, in a sequel movie because they're still going to be around. When we were talking with Jordan White yesterday, uh-huh. we were talking about getting Afra and the droids into into any movie. Yeah. Or really any of the characters that have made their first appearance in the comics in the movies. And we even mentioned, you know, you know like, get Betty White to come in as a really old Dr. Aphra in The Last Jedi or, or whatever episode nine's going to be. But there's a problem. There is a problem. Jordan said, well, we're kind of making Aphra Asian-based or, or more leaning towards the yeah, Asian Yeah, we're trying to portray Asian her look, yeah. so to speak. That'd be cool. There you go. Uh... But that's something. That's something that I'll be honest. I Make never did pick up on. And he said that somebody, you know, some artists do a better job of portraying that Asian heritage than others. McNaughton. Oh dear Lord. Marvel, are you hearing this? McNaughton. Mic drop moment. I have no, some every now and then. Don't drop yourself. <laughs> uh, those of you on Facebook Live, welcome. I uh, hope you're enjoying everything so far. Um, so let, let's go back to... We, we, found, we talked about this on the show in the past. Um, this comes from the website, Den of Geek. Uh, of course, we pulled material from all over the place. Yeah. 
Um, this is what this this characters came out. from the past that we would love to see now. Yeah, these were like characters from the old original Marvel run, and uh, this came out in January of 2015. So this has been floating around the internet for quite a while, and uh, just a list of 11 characters that you would like to see back. And of course, Crimson Jack is first on the list. Uh, written by Roy Thomas and Howard Chaykin, and Chaykin was the artist as well. Right. And uh, the, the thing about uh, Crimson Jack is he was a pirate, of course. He and his gang managed to take over and steal a Star Destroyer. <laughs> so think of this. Is the Jolly Roger a kilometer long? And he actually, and they actually kept it going for a while. Uh, um, I think Jack Sparrow is a little jealous. On yeah, that. I'm sure he is. <laughs> uh, of course, Jackson is another character uh, written by Roy Thomas. Uh, Howard Chaykin was the artist when he first yeah. appeared in Star Wars number eight. Uh, yeah, he didn't. He wasn't. They didn't wait long to bring him in after no, the adaptation. No. Two episodes uh, after the adaptation. Uh, here's here's one that I really like. A character by the name of Baron Tag. He first showed up in Star Wars number 25, uh, written by Archie Goodwin and uh, drawn by Carmen Infantino. Yeah, but didn't we... I think with Vader, though, they brought in another Tag. So That's possible. So they might have brought this name back. They may have. This was the first non-film character to wield a lightsaber. Very first guy. He um, he was he was a baron. Yeah. Uh, he was first time we hear first time we hear that term instead of admiral or governor yeah. or grand moth. He was he was high ranking in the imperial aristocracy. He ran afoul of Vader, who blinded him with his lightsaber. So now he's kind of like yeah. So he goes around. It's, he's like the pre runner Jordy LaForge. He had these weird um, weird goggles that helped him see. And he said he, he was cursed to a lifetime of cybervision. See, Star Trek does get something from Star Wars. <laughs> right. Okay, we're, we're old enough. Star Trek, Star Wars. Yeah. There's a, there's a balance. Well, okay, I'm in my 40s, late 40s. Star Trek was around before Star Wars. Yeah. So, but, I mean, sci-fi is sci-fi. I mean, no matter how you look at it. Because I also had Space 1999 as well. Oh, God, yes. And Buck Rogers. That was after Star Wars. I know. That was the takeoff. Oh, this was the well, original Battlestar well, Galactica. Galactica. Uh-huh. I'm not familiar enough with Crimson Jack and my boy years. That was in production. It's possible something that got rolled into Honda? Uh, it's possible. It's, it's possible. Be. This was like 1977, 78, 79. Yeah. When, when he showed up. And, in, uh, in the early phases of, of Volume 1. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, he met his end over uh, a water world. I wish I could remember. Oh, he had the suit for it. His yeah. suit, uh, chest plate type armor, sh- shoulder armor that kind of flared off, and it was like high bikini cut. <laughs> it, it, it was your typical... And then boots. <laughs> typical 70s space pirate. comic book space pirate look. And uh, no, it was, uh, he actually died because, if I remember this, hang on, hang on, hang on, no, he didn't crash the Star Destroyer, but Luke and the droids wound up on this, wa- on this water world, 
Yeah. And they were taken captive by the inhabitants there, basically the descendants of, of, uh, of a spaceship that crashed. And so they made this huge floating city ship that is almost like Waterworld. Can't take Luke anywhere. Yeah, I know it. And so their, their culture was, they're, they're, they're space pirates is what they were. And any ship that comes into range, they would basically jam their signals, make them crash on the planet. They'd strip everything down from metal and parts and stuff like that. And then they'd kill all the survivors. Because Luke was good with fixing robots and yeah. fixing stuff, they kept him around. So, Well, you know who else was good at fixing robots? Who else was good at fixing robots? Tony Stark. Sorry, I gotta throw some marble back into this. Oh, yes. Yes. And, you know, and, and who, who was the, the one robot that he brought back to life? If I'm not mistaken, Ultron was built by uh, Tony's father, was he not, originally? No. 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 You're mistaken. In the comics, he was built by... Uh, In the movie version, he was made by Tony. So, Matt. I heard the first time. Okay. Okay. One more time. (laughs) I think it was one of the other animated series. Okay, there you go. But, um, anyway... The, their Star Destroyer came in, and the, the pirates tried to jam the systems of yeah, the Star yeah. Destroyer, but it was kind of a Mexican standoff. Well, Han and Leia and Chewie were on board the Falcon that was on board the Star Destroyer. They got out, but they couldn't escape. And one thing led to another, hijinks ensued. They were trying to escape, and the ship took damage. So basically you had Han and Jack floating out in space between them. Han had something that he needed. He had something Han needed. So they were going to meet in the middle, just kind of like a little Mexican standoff almost. Well, that smells stinkaway. Yes, it did, because he tried to double-cross them and wound up getting killed by his own men. Cool. So uh, I guess the next one we got Pilt. Uh, Pliff. Pliff, there we go. Pliff. Um, Shows up in Star Wars number 55. It's another great character. Walt Simonson was the, yeah. the, the, the artist at that point. And Pliff, um, he was almost like a Tribble. Yeah. That's the best way I can say it. Tribble with, with psychic powers. Quake and fear at your leisure. Uh, Character uh, from Star Wars number 56 from 1981. Uh, Lumia. She was a character that... She was kind of like a dark Jedi almost. Yeah. Uh, It's one of the... uh, If that sounds familiar, the dark horse had a lot... Basically, they utilized the heck out of her. Yeah. So this is kind of where we see that... Not Sith... But we start seeing the other classifications with the Jedi as well. Mm-hmm. Came from the, the original Marvel Marvel series, so yeah. some canon, I guess, back then. Yeah. And of course, none of this is the same stuff that was in the newspapers with the with the newspaper comics. Yeah, totally, totally different, different. Totally different company that handled all that. 
Uh, let's see. There's also Danny, D-A-N-I. Yep. Uh, she made her first appearance at Star Wars 70 in 1983. Uh, the writer was Mary Jo Duffy. The artists were uh, Carrie Gamble and Tom Palmer. She'd be a fan favorite of Garth yeah. Vader. There you go. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. She was a, a she was an ally of the Rebel Alliance and uh, yeah. close close friend and ally of Luke, and kind of like a love interest there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And let's see. Rick, Rick Duel. Oh, that, that was a fun yes. character. I do yes. remember Rick. Also in Star Wars seventy. Yeah. Um, uh, Den of Geek says, Rick Duell was an unrepentant scoundrel, a handsome smuggler who lived for adventure and the big payday. I have a really bad feeling about this. <laughs> yes, they say he was everything Han Solo could have been if Solo had not found love and morality in a galactic rebellion against the Empire. Cool. So there you go. Yeah. And, uh, okay, uh, this, this is the last one. This is the last one. And this one has made history beyond the comics. Yes. Tippett V. Ewok, who first appeared in Star Wars number 94. Coming to the near, near the end of uh, the Star Wars run. Yeah. <coughs> and um, it says here he was a brave Ewok warrior and betrothed to an Ewok princess. Yeah. Right. Lisa? I think so, Yes. Uh, this was, I think this was one of the characters that was in um, the Ewok, event, the, the Ewok cartoon show. Possibly. I remember. I remember that name from watching that, yeah. Well, Tippett was also, um, there was a, uh, was it Battlegrounds, Star Wars Battlegrounds video game? Where it's sort of like Command and Conquer. Or some of the, or uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Starcraft. If you typed in, you, you typed in something, you get this little angry Ewok that, you know, when you, with cheat code, you got a tip at the Ewok who'd just go around destroy things like crazy. That was the uh, Galaxy at War. Right? Yeah, yeah, the Galaxy at War was the expansion. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. actually, no, uh, it was Battlegrounds where you had the different planets and you had to complete. Yet to defeat the other side, build up your base. Uh, Galaxies of War, or Empire at War uh, was a little, a little bit different of a game. So that's, I still think that the name is a tip of the hat to Phil Tippett. Yeah. From Industrial Light and Magic. Yeah. Remember him, the, one, one of the, the best animators that they had. Uh, now, also, Den of Geek was not the only one to come out with, with a, we want to see these people back in the, the Marvel uh, Star Wars universe. Uh, comicbook.com put out a, an article very similar in uh, 2014. They have a lot of the same characters there. Uh, you got uh, Baron Tag, you've got Jabba. They actually want to see the original Jabba back. Uh, I, would, yeah. I would love to see the original Jabba the, back. The, the as Yellow a, Walrus. Maybe, maybe as a different character. Yeah, that would but, be. But, but yeah. bring, bring the character itself back to life. But there's one character that they brought up that Den of Geek did not. A Jedi 
by the name of Don Juan Quixote. Don Juan is hyphenated and then Quixote spelled K-I-H-O-T-A-Y. Why do, why, why do we think that stands out when you have Gen, uh, Count Dooku, General Grievous? Because they were all one word that didn't have anything. Well, well, I guess, well, I guess the, Qui-Gon Jinn. Well, I guess the, <laughs> I guess the question comes down to um, is Don Juan, Jedi Jedi, uh, Don Juan Quixote, is he from the planet La Mancha? Um, Maybe because it sounds like Contour. Or But here on the editor's note, it says, according to Bruce Birmingham, a Spanish and comparative literature professor at Illinois State University and a guest lecturer at the Chicago Humanities Festival, the original Don Quixote was, along with Star Wars, a primary inspiration to Mel Brooks's classic Spaceballs. <laughs> Prepare to go plaid. <laughs> Light speed's too slow. We've got to go to ludicrous speed. <laughs> but we'll go plaid. <laughs> What's the matter? So, There's chicken. Um, so, I mean, yes, I mean, there are so many characters. from, And there's one character that nobody else has mentioned here that I want to see back more than anybody else, and that is Valence the Bounty Hunter. Uh, yes. Yes. Yes, Valence. Uh, Valence, he was originally was a stormtrooper, and he was, yes. Calm yes. down, Mac. He was a stormtrooper that was uh, in, in, a, in an attack by rebel forces that pretty much bombed his position with proton torpedoes. He lived, he survived it, but only by having pretty much half of his body replaced with cybernetic parts. So basically he was turned into a cyborg. Unfortunately, the Empire didn't want him anymore because he was a cyborg. Uh, from Facebook Live, uh, Chris Kreider says Don Juan had a weird affinity for windmills. I'm sure if the wind Empire had it, yeah, he probably destroyed him. Do you think this version of Don Juan Quixote like tilted at moisture evaporators? Probably. Yeah, that would work. So, uh, but but the it, thing about Valence is that he's kind of like the whole. This was this touched on a larger level than just right. Star Wars because he became a droid hater. He would he would especially take jobs. Where people wanted, you know, had a bounty on droids, and he hated droids. He hated Luke Skywalker because, as he put it, he was a droid lover. And well, the, the, I hate. The thing is, he was he was he was bitter that he was not accepted because of who he was. Oh, and that, see, that's the thing. There was no place in the Empire for him. Because he was part droid, and so you want to just expand that to like racial, ethnic, whatever, right? And it's it. it so so we did get a little politics back then. Back then, well, I, the it wasn't so much world. politics as it was just racial. Just a, a brief bit of tension. Yeah, a brief bit. But 
he was a real, he, was, he was a good character. He was a deep character, and more than anything else, that's who I would like to see brought in to the new Star Wars Marvel canon. It could be a fun character to bring into the uh, to this particular environment for this go round. Um, of course, now we've got the new series. Uh, we got again, as we said, uh, some great characters there: Doctor Afro, BT One, Triple Zero. Um, you know some of the other characters out of the Vader comic. Um, you know the the smuggler or bounty hunter that worked with Kanan during the Kanan series. Uh, the stuff that we got now with Poe Dameron in the Poe Dameron series. Um, I, I'm assuming you guys wouldn't be here if y'all weren't reading the Marvel books now. Do y'all have any favorites? The Lando. The Lando series. Oh, awesome yeah. series. Great series. Actually, I, I, just, I love the Leia series. The, uh, Leia by uh, it was, uh, Mark Wade. Mm-hmm. Awesome storyline. I want to see, see Wade come back and do another, either do a Leia 2 mm-hmm. or do a, a totally new series. The Han Solo series. The Han Solo series yes. was also good. Um, Chewbacca. Yes. I originally was like, okay, it's going to be kind of hard, but no, Chewbacca was awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just going to go with it. Go ahead. The most overpriced free comic book day I ever bought. C-3PO one-shot. So far late. It was supposed to come out before Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Came out four and a half months later. At this point in time, the show just made it a free comic book day. You guys know what free comic book day is? Yes. The okay. first, first Saturday in May... Um, a lot of comic shops across the country participate in Free Comic Book Day. Uh, there are different offerings. Uh, but when, when you guys go to Free Comic Book Day, buy something from the shop because the book, those books aren't. I mean, they're free to us, but they still got to pay for them. Yeah. So just buy something else from the store. Help, helps, helps support the store. I just chunk of money down the <laughs> But. Um, the C3PO series, or that C3PO one shot at that point in time should have been a a free comic book day book. Um, I think if it came out at the time that it did, or when it was supposed to, the, the book would have been more relevant and would have been great and tied into the movie perfectly. But since being so right far on. behind, at this point in time, we don't care how he got his red on. Yeah. I, 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 I really think that's kind of, I was like, I, like when, when, when it came out, I was like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was the same way. You want to know when it happened. Originally, the only one I was going to do this. But it was just so tiring walking in. I heard C3PO, no, push back next month. Uh, C3PO, no, push back next month. And you know, I hate to C3PO, push back next month. I hate to say it, it, it almost sounded like they were doing the same thing. Yeah. At Marvel, it's kind of like. But do you want to see? No, not really. But you know, when they, I walked in and it's C T P O. Yeah, right here. Mister Bucking is happy to see you, sir. And then I read it. Wah. I have a really bad feeling about this. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it was. It had all the feel of a free comic book day book. It did. It did. But it wasn't. Oh well. Yeah. So, um, 
We are coming close to the end of our time. Um, Does anybody have any? Actually, I want, I want to put a, a shout out real quick. Uh, good friend Todd Grimes. Uh, that name sounds familiar. He was the director of Star Wars Detours. That was supposed to come out. Never did. It's his birthday today. So can, can I get y'all's help saying happy birthday to Todd? <laughs> so one, two, three. Happy, happy birthday, Todd! Any final thoughts? Well, we had a couple questions. Oh, okay. A couple yes, questions. Would you guys like to see the Knights of Old Republic come to the Marvel uh, comic book series? Um, but not as canon, though, just as their own separate stories? I don't think... It would have to be accepted as canon for it to come into the series. It is the, yeah. the impression we're getting with the way story groups handling everything. Now, they are talking about um, bringing in the Old Republic, you know, Knights of the Repo- Old Republic, redoing it. And if it does possibly become canon, if so, let's open up those floor games. Let's bring in... Cause the, Knights, the Old Republic books from Dark Horse were awesome. Yes, those are excellent one of my favorite series. Um, it, it, was, it was an awesome series. And of course, off of that, we also got Knight Errant a little bit as well. I, I say, yeah. If, if they say that storyline from the game is canon, then by all means, let's, let's bring in the series. Let's, let's go back and look at the Old Republic and, and that time period. And see, this is why I think Thrawn being in Rebels is such a, a huge thing because basically here it is what Lucasfilm's been saying you'll get elements from the expanded universe into the new canon you'll get you'll get it we're just building a new one going forward and that's your first real proof that they're serious about yep. doing it and so I think there's a good possibility that you'll see some of it but maybe going further ahead in time with your question, I would love to see a pre-Zon Thrawn miniseries. That's what they They heard that. We heard that at the writer's round table. And you know what? Personally, Marvel, bring in Timothy Zahn as the guest writer for that book. Yes. For that five-issue series. I would love to see Timothy Zahn tackle a Marvel comic. There's only one thing to be said about that. Is your mother with that mouth? Oh. You've gone mental. I'm always mental. True. I mean, right. if I wasn't mental, I wouldn't mind. Twice at celebration. What can I say? It's a gift. All right, so we have any other questions? Yes, sir. Uh, so since the cancellation of Star Wars 1313, do you think Mom will ever pick up something gritty in the levels of course on 1313? Um, I don't know. That'd be a good question. That um, is a good question. I am hearing to, that something like that may be tell you in the works somewhere. Show up at the Marvel panel tomorrow from 4 to 5. If, if they do a question and answer, Toss if that you question. don't get answer that que- ask that question, I'm going to ask it. So we'll, somehow it will get answered. It, 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 if they do Q&A, we will ask that question. I think a 13-13 style story would do well. Yeah, that would be awesome. Because they just teased them and just took it away. They, it is so close to be finished. Yeah. I, 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 I was at Celebration 6 when they introduced that. 
and they zoomed in. Action shot. Zoomed in. Zoomed in more. Zoomed in even more. <laughs> and it was so clean. Oh. And then, and then shortly after, nope, done. So, uh, any, final? any final questions? Got time for maybe one more? Any final thoughts? I'm excited. I'm excited. I want to, well, I want to thank the, the, the folks at Lucasfilm and the folks at Reprop for giving us this opportunity because, like I said at the beginning of the show, we're the only podcast that's Marvel-based to be here. And thank you all for coming out with us. Yes. And, uh, and spending some time with us. Thank you uh, very much. Yeah, thank you for coming. Uh, we're, we're having fun this weekend. I hope you guys are uh, celebrating that great franchise, Star Wars. <laughs> Are you guys going to the 501st Bash? We'll not be going to the 501st Bash, uh, unfortunately. Um, but you guys have fun. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Again, check out the Marvel panel. Uh, some great stuff there. Again, they're supposed to have a Screaming Citadel. Supposed to have a really big tease for it. Yes. Which is the next uh, Star Wars I crossover am, event that's happening. I am giddy for that one. Um, and then until next time... Jarvis? Jarvis, if you would please. All right, John, here, sir. Will there be anything else? No, it's time to go dark. Now, this is normally where we'd be talking over the pen credits, the music, trying to just do fun stuff. So, uh, thank you guys for coming. Thank you all once again for coming out. section. Thank you all for joining us. We hope that you had a lot of fun and well, again, thank you for showing up and sitting in with us. Appreciate your support. Have a wonderful weekend and a happy Easter to you and yours.